Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Three regular season. Guys, we got to draw a line in the sand now. We got to draw a line in the sand. When the decision was made, I, I was not real happy. I thought it sent the wrong look. Mark Rick averaged almost 10 wins over 15 years. Show, show, inside out, inside out, right there, right there, right there. But in order to compete for a championship in the age of Saban, recruiting was going to have to, as good as it was, was going to have to step up another level. you got to get here and strike out. Even if you just glancing blow him, he can't make the play. Coach Smart got there, the first thing he said was, you guys are used to being good around here. You're not used to being great. And good is the enemy of great. Cover two. Split the zone. Hey, look, who, look who's there. Look, you got to go straight back. The fact of the matter is, is Kirby was installing his culture. It's about us. It's about us. That's all we got, and that's all we need. So it took shape as a perfect marriage, and by 2017, the excitement around the team was peaking when the Bulldogs traveled to South Bend to take on Notre Dame in the second game of the season. Before that game, a friend of mine at Notre Dame, I told him, I said, you do understand what's going to happen here. Georgia's not just coming to South Bend. They're going to invade South Bend. The way they packed it out, it was all red. We're in Indiana. They came all the way from Georgia. You know, we got to give them a show. Touchdown! In a tight battle. Run it inside with Sonny Michelle to the end zone. Georgia clung to a one-point lead late in the fourth quarter, with Notre Dame looking to get in position for a game-winning field goal. And I was thinking, like, let's make a play. You know what I'm saying? Let's just find a way to sneak out of here and get a win. Wimbush hit. Lost the ball. Bellamy with the hit. Carter in there looking for the recovery. Georgia ball. I just remember I come to the sideline. My head's still ringing. Coach Smart hit my head 50,000 times. Everybody on the sideline is hitting my head, you know? And uh, standing on those bleachers like gladiators, like Vikings. So it was just surreal. The South Bend invasion was complete. And the victory served notice to the college football world. Georgia was for real. In no small part because of the pair of backfield stars, Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle, who decided to stay in school for their senior seasons after the team had limped to an 8-5 and five record the previous year. The biggest turning point is probably when Nick and Sony decided to stay and come back. It showed buy-in. And as more guys started to come back, I knew we could have a special year. To go through the ups and downs of being an 8-5 and five team the whole year before, you know, when I wrote the revenge tour and all the teams we lost to, like, y'all had y'all laugh last year. This is us. We really worked out and tapped into that. And Michelle will be his running back on first down. Big hole up the middle. Michelle to the 40. He's to the 50. Outrunning the defenders. Far sideline to the 20. He's to the 10. They're going to try and bring him down. Got to the pylon. Is it a touchdown? Yes. 74 yards. Sony Michelle right up the middle. They came into the Florida game as third-ranked team in the country. After the win, the Bulldogs were number one. Everyone loves a winner. You know, it was nice to get that attention. Everyone's reaching out to you. You know, celebrities, all that. Man! Man! 201! On the hop! On the hop! And in our mind, we're thinking, man, practice should be easier. Like, coach, we got this. You know, like, we the best defense in the country, coach. You know what I'm saying? But it was never that. Cheat, Dom! Cheat! Right there, cheat! Practice got harder. As we got better, they got harder. 60 minutes to hell, and it's going to be a four-quarter game. And that's the way we like it. Despite a loss to Auburn in November, Georgia would make the college football playoff 
and face Oklahoma in a semifinals matchup in the Rose Bowl, the Dogs' first trip to Pasadena since 1943. In the clear, headed for the end zone. In that first half, man, we wasn't used to the speed that they brought. The attack mode, the just aggressiveness they came out with. You know, it was, it was a different type of offense than you'd seen in the SEC at that time. I was very concerned. I mean, I, I was worried about the, the, the psyche of our team and our players. That's when I realized this team is different. We came in at halftime, everybody was calm. It wasn't no pointing the finger. Our offense is killing them. This one us. Let's go get it. When you punch somebody in the mouth, it, it, it gives you some momentum. Back-to-back back sacks. And there were a couple of those punches in the second half that were big for us. Sony Michelle ran over Oklahoma all day long, but in the fourth quarter, he coughed up a critical fumble. Pinhead loses the ball. It's out. With the game tied at 38. Parker, a scoop and score. For the first time that year, I think the sideline was like, dang, we may be lost. Gut-wrenching how I felt to think that might be his legacy. And I remember getting on the headphones and telling them, like, guys, I don't care what happens in this game, get him the ball again. The dogs did just that. And then, with under a minute to go, Chubb, the other senior in the Georgia backfield, ran it in from two yards out to send the game to overtime, tied at 45. The teams traded field goals, but then in the second overtime, Georgia's special teams came up huge. Deflected! Blocked! The dogs do it again! And then came Sony Michelle's turn for redemption. Gets to the edge. Sony Michelle will send the dogs home to the championship game! That set up a battle for the national title against Alabama. SEC East versus SEC West. The best coach in college football against his protege. Two teams whose cultures and process were mirror images of one another. In the first half, the student got the better of the teacher as Georgia's defense stymied Alabama's offense and gave the Bulldogs a 13-0 lead at the break. The Dogs! Barking in the first half! Alabama's sidelines was just dead, you know, and Georgia's was electric. That was the first time in a long time an Alabama team seemed like they could be defeated. Then Nick Saban took a stunning chance benching his starting quarterback, Jalen Hurts, for the second half. He was struggling, and it was a very bold move by Saban. Taking over for Hurts. Now available in an ice-cold 12-pack. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. 1037, The Buzz. As a starter, to sit down your quarterback that's gotten you to back-to-back -back national championship games and say, hey, this is not about ego. This is about winning a football game. That's gutsy. To be a freshman to come in on that stage, first thing that came to our head was, we got a pup out here. You know, we got a young pup out here. Look at what has all night. Hit hard, spinning around, trying to escape and create. And it was complete opposite. The freshman shows some toughness. You know, I missed a sack on a third down when he reversed field and ran for it all the way to the other field. Me not securing that tackle allowed them to go down there and put points on the board. End zone. Touchdown! Look at Valoa. Plenty of time. He had a gut-riching, great performance. Surveying the field. Fires end zone. 
game went to overtime. Hotrod just slides it through. And Alabama would need a field goal to tie. A touchdown to win. Circling back. Drops! A disastrous first down play. It wasn't just a sack. It was a, it was a long sack. So now it's second and 26. That's kind of when in your brain, it's kind of like, whoa. It's kind of like, whoa. Are we really going to win a national championship? It's the range of emotions that you go through. Everything you've dreamed about is literally a, two plays away. Think about Lola trying to make up for it. And certainly at that time, you're there thinking, well, you're okay, I got two downs. Down. Maybe they got three downs. There's a what yard line are you going to kick the field goal? Versus going for it. 103.7 the buzz. Unfortunately, we never got to find that out. Well, Alabama wins the game. Yeah, Alabama wins the game. Alabama wins the game. Alabama wins the game. Alabama wins the game. I saw it the whole time. I'm like, please drop it. Please drop it. And the worst thing about it is you're a senior and it's overtime. So it's no another quarter, it's not another possession, it's not next year. Just get your stuff and get off the field. There's nothing you can do. It was a different Nick Saban than the world had seen before. Showing not relief in victory, but actual joy. It was always the joke that Nick hated winning championships simply for the fact of he had to do a parade which cut into his recruiting time. George's pain would be lasting. Losing's like that. It follows you to the locker room, then to your home, and stays for years after. A lot of pain for guys that had, you know, they had invested so much. I mean, there was agony for some guys. Winning is easy. Winning is easy, especially when you got the talent that we had. And that was a magical season. I love everything about that season. But I don't think about the good times a lot. I just think about, gosh, we were like a second away from winning the national championship. Still can't sleep at night. Nick Saban, it had been quite the odyssey. With his wife Terry, his high school sweetheart, by his side the entire time. She's played a huge role in every decision he's made. You know, they always say that the woman behind the man, I, I think to a certain degree, they're equal partners in all of this. One summer, not too long ago, the Sabans went back home to West Virginia for a visit. And the story goes, Nick spotted an old boyfriend of Terry's pumping gas at a local station. Nick turns to her and says, you know what, if you married him, you'd be running a gas station. She turns back to him and says, you know, if I married him, he'd be the coach of Alabama football. changing responsibilities as an RN. And with everything you have on your plate, earning your BSN degree seems impossible. But Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online program prepares you to lead as a charge nurse and supervise other nurses while maintaining focus on family support and patient outcomes. From scholarships to one-on-one -on -one tutoring for new students, your GCU graduation team, led by your own university counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinical hours, giving you the freedom to earn your degree in the time you have, from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.
One app, one tap, giving the game. ESPN Plus, remember the name. One app, with a slap so mean. Got big plays from your phone to the big screen. Yeah, you'll feel like a VIP. Top shelf content, blowing up your feed. One app, footwork, you get described. Out here, hitting bombs and doing it live. Bravo, with a birdie so dirty. Make you want to kick back with a 30 to 30. ESPN Plus, it's in the app. Everything you want, right here, no cap. everyone watching at home. We're here to remind you that if you or someone you know were injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have live agents available right now to answer your questions and tell you how much your case is potentially worth. Hi, I'm Gina Belich here with spokesman and TV personality Tom Mustin with us in the Help Center. So Tom, phones are really busy over there. Tell us what kind of calls you're seeing. Well, Gina, first off, thank you for having me here in the call center with you. We always enjoy talking to the viewers and getting folks the compensation that they deserve. You know, we're seeing calls about all kinds of accidents, but the most common by far has been car accidents. So if you or someone you know were injured in an accident that was not your fault, give us a call right now. You'll speak with a live person. They'll answer any questions you have and tell you if you have a case and how much your case is potentially worth. Thanks, Tom. All right, folks at home, you heard it. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. In Starkville, Mississippi, Go dogs and hail state. on a recent Thanksgiving Day, it all began with a deep-fried turkey and continued with a proposal. We got engaged <laughs> right in front of the bulldog. I asked her would she marry me, and then I had to ask her again if she would give me an answer because she was crying. <laughs> you? The day would end in defeat to arch-rival Ole Miss. But over on the sideline after the game, Senior Donald Gray Jr. wasn't crying because the Bulldogs lost. He was crying because he missed the last game of his career with an injury. Good thing a friend named Jesse Grogan was there to console him. Over the last two to three years, after every game, he gravitated towards my little girl. He would pick her up, take her over the fence, big hugs, made sure he was always there for her. done wonders for her and she has done wonders for him. Say yes sir. What you saw tonight was the final goodbye between Jesse and Donald Gray. That, that was brutal. Yeah. Bittersweet. Yeah. What's your name? Jesse Cohen. What's his name? I'll give him the name. Here at Mississippi State, there are no barriers. The players are completely connected with the fans, and we watch them grow up. We watch those kids become young men. Say we love you. September of 2018, Florida's SEC opener, former Mississippi State head coach Dan Mullen's first game in charge of the Swamp. Four blocks away, That's stuff right there. Bubba Ennis and his Gator Nation, who a few years ago were honored with ESPN's SEC Tailgater of the Year Award, had actually been banned for the week from partying outside Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Let me hear you scream. They were just too rowdy the previous Saturday. They pretty much asked us to move to another location. We were partying very hard, singing loudly, and doing a lot, a lot of gator chants. And we were dancing on coolers. But at Gator Nation's tailgate, the enthusiasm didn't appear to be dampened one bit. Back at the stadium, the Gators were facing the Kentucky Wildcats, 
who hadn't beaten Florida in their last 31 attempts and were coming into a hostile environment, the swamp, at night. Being from Kentucky, I mean, obviously you hear that your whole life when you're growing up and, you know, it's week two or week three and we got Florida. We always hear the old Kentucky fans talking about how we're going to lose it somehow. Oh, we got it, each other. That's all we need. God, for your brothers. For first step. Kentucky had made strides under coach Mark Stoops, who had built his team around a swarming defense. Led by All-American Josh Allen. We just can go in there and play ball and outman him. I feel like that was our mindset. A battering ram of a running back named Benny Snell Jr. And a whole lot of passion from a kid from Painesville, Kentucky, Cash Daniel. UK athletics is like religion. You got the Bible belt, you also got the UK fan belt. Wilson with a play fake. All kinds of time. He is throwing deep. Bowden's out there. Got it! Touchdown! Kentucky! Kentucky built an 11-point lead. And hung on for victory. Their first over Florida since 1986. I feel like this year was the first year we never thought about the streak. We didn't play for the streak. We would play for each other. After 31 long games, the streak ends. There's a lot of emotion out there. Me and Coach Stoops after that game, and I picked him up, and I hugged him, and I, and I thanked him for believing in me. It was just something you'd see in a movie. The Wildcats would finish the 2018 season with 10 wins including a victory over Penn State in the Citrus Bowl. They had not had a winning SEC record since that 1977 team with Derek Ramsey and Arch Steele. Stars Benny Snell Jr. and Josh Allen. 1037thebuzz.com At long last, my dream come true. Blast the buzz at your desk at work or anywhere. We're live streaming, baby. I want to finish with the right crew. Allen now getting by his pass protector, and Josh Allen gets home again. This just shows the definition of being a teammate. For Josh and Benny, it was just a, for the love of, for us. They loved us so much. Those 10 wins, like we did, and he had this rock on my finger now forever. You know, that's that's something that I always hold in my heart. Winding through the Dardanelle Mountains to Fayetteville, Arkansas, it was an emotional day for Razorback fans around the state in the spring of 2019. Tusk Four was making his last pilgrimage to an Arkansas football game. Have you ever wondered what it was like to travel with a rock star? Just take a trip with us. People are constantly trying to get pictures. He hams it up. He will go that side of the trailer when they take a picture and kind of pose for him. People always laugh at me and say, ooh, that's gross. How can you kiss a pig? And I will say, well, do you kiss your dog? Well, he's my dog. A lady asked me one time, said, how does it feel to pull in the stadium and have 75,000 people screaming? I said, well, the first thing you got to remember is they're not screaming at you. They're screaming what's in that trailer out there. Ooh, pig, suey. You do that three times, and on the fourth time, it's Razorbacks. Around the SEC, everyone is familiar with War Eagle, Mike the Tiger, and of course the cover boy of mascots, Ugga, down in Athens, Georgia. 
but there is also Tusk. We understand, you know, Ugg is kind of the royalty. He set the bar, but uh, we, we think, you know, we're just as special. Keith Stokes and his family have watched over each generation of the mascot since his SEC introduction in 1996. Everyone in Arkansas, you know, they always come up to him and we're like, they're like, oh, he's so cute. But then you get people from LSU, Alabama, and they're like, oh, he's a pig. Well, that's what you think, but to us, he's a lot more than just a pig. At nine years of age, Tusk Four may have lost a step, but on this day was clearly still beloved by Razorback fans in his final tour of duty. There's no other Razorbacks as a mascot anywhere in the country, so we're very fortunate to have such a unique and awesome mascot here with us. Well, that's part of it, but you love them. Well, beauty is an eye to beholder, and if you have a live mascot, something you can actually see and touch, it's much better than like a Trojan. I grew kind of attached to him last year, so started bringing him watermelon and stuff for treats, but yeah, I'll miss him when he's gone. He was destined to join his predecessors on the Stokes family farm. But here he soaked in the adulation one final time. Well, Steve, what do you say we make this eyesore? Soar no more. And today, Karen, is the day we show this subdivision we arrived. It's like we always say, be, be your, your strongest, strongest self. During my last HelloFresh partnership, someone decided to be a bright idea to teach Neon how to put her paws up on the counter. Now I have HelloFresh to thank, not only for super convenient dinner options sent to my door each week, but also for this. Tonight, we're going to be making Thai Shrimp Ginger Curry. I love that there are so many different ingredients, but really few steps to put it all together. With some crunch, this is a really generous portion. It's a really great curry. Go to HelloFresh.com slash TV16 for 16 free meals and free shipping. And a look here at the course Jack built. Oh my goodness. Go in. Wow. Jack is the man. Your vehicle takes a beating from the environment. Keep your vehicle looking better than new with Cerakote's Rapid Ceramic Paint Sealant, a breakthrough in ceramic technology. Now you can seal and protect your paint with unbelievable gloss, shine, and slickness in less than 30 minutes. Look at the difference with Cerakote's true hydrophobic ceramic technology. The level of gloss and slickness is unbelievable. Cerakote increased slickness by an incredible 72% compared to uncoated automotive paint. Everything just slides right off. Simply spray it on and lightly buff it with the included microfiber towels. That's it. Everything's included. Even water flows right off. I've been a professional auto detailer for almost 40 years, and during that time I've tried hundreds of paint care products. And I can tell you that Cerakote's Rapid Ceramic Paint Sealant is in a league of its own. Guaranteed to be the glossiest, slickest, and easiest to apply paint sealant you have ever used. Get professional gloss, shine, and protection for your vehicle with Cerakote's Rapid Ceramic Paint Sealant today. It's the number one best-selling paint sealant in the country. Buy today. In the fall of 2019, celebration was in the air for the 150th anniversary season of college football. And down on the bayou, Ed Orgeron was ready to unleash a powerhouse. The best stories are about redemption. And that's what that year was about. I mean, all these guys given another chance. They were all, you know, unlikely heroes. And the love that went with them was tremendous. 
Man, it was a heck of a year. I thank God every day. I always want to come back. I thought it was unfinished business. Always want to come back. I passed across that bridge. I stared at that stadium, and my cliques needed to be in the Tiger Stadium. In the spring of 2018, Joe Burrow had been at a crucial juncture in his life. After toiling on the bench at Ohio State, the quarterback had two years of eligibility remaining and had his eyes on a fresh start as a graduate transfer. Joe Burrow came here. He didn't want to talk to me. He was on a recruiting visit. He says, Coach, I know you have a recruiting game. I'm not interested in that recruiting stuff. Blake. how am I going to get to this guy? Well, that night, Joe wanted some crawfish. So we went to a restaurant. There was no crawfish in the restaurant. <laughs> so we had to call a buddy to get a sack of crawfish ball, bring it through the kitchen at the restaurant, and play like the restaurant served it. <laughs> That's the advantage of being Cajun right there. And nobody even knew. We hit Blake, enjoyed the crawfish. He was happy. And then Joe and I went outside and had a conversation. I said, Joe, I know you're going to be a championship quarterback here. I knew you have to believe me. The next morning, I told the coach he's going to Cincinnati. I made a connection with his brother Dan. I said, Dan, this is the LSU Tigers. You know it's the best place for him? He goes, yep. I had a little saying, check in your manhood. Check your manhood if you still got it. You give him a call and tell him to come to LSU. And then Thursday, Joe called me and told me he wanted to be an LSU Tiger. Ed Orgeron had once been an impressionable recruit himself. And he came from the swamps of Louisiana Bayou, where the dream of every kid is to run through the tunnel at Tiger Stadium on Saturday nights. I remember him. He was a talented kid. I was a senior. He was a freshman. He was a center. He would have been a hell of a player, but... I think he was disillusioned with being an offensive lineman. He quickly uh, let it be known that he wanted to play defense. Suddenly he was gone. I remember asking him, what happened to that kid? And they said, oh, he went back home. He got homesick. I remember the day I quit LSU. I was homesick. I went home. The next day we were screaming, and it wasn't, it wasn't nice words. We had never been away from home. We were not travelers. We stayed home. It was a humbling time, for sure. I dug ditches on the side of the road. I shoveled shrimp in the bottom of a shrimp boat. How many pounds you want? When he left LSU, he came down here and he worked for my father-in-law one summer. If you want to have fun, go try that. You can smell him coming a mile away. We used to get football players regular, and 90% of them would quit. We'd never make the summer, but Ed made the summer. I tell you what, he was a man. He taught me how to work. It taught me how to be disciplined. It taught me the alternative. If I wasn't going to go to school, if I wasn't going to do the right thing, those are the things I'd do. The best thing is I know about this football team, you'll do anything we ask you to. Now finish hard! You have the makers of a great team. As the 150th anniversary season of college football began, LSU was ranked sixth in the nation. Their first big test came in their second game, a trip to Austin to face ninth-ranked Texas. Touchdown, Tigers! What can Burrow do with his third and long? It was third down and 17. We had to make a first down. We wasn't stopping Texas. They get the ball back. They're probably going to score. We're going to get beat. 17 hard They come out all out blitz. He steps to the left, throws on his back foot. Oh, the battle to Jefferson. First down on his way, and that might be the knockout punch. I knew we had a team there. I knew we had a team that could beat anybody, anywhere, anytime. 
as the 2019 season would continue to unfold for the Tigers. Pundits found themselves looking for answers. Burrow had been good his junior season, but not this good. How did it happen? When did it happen? What was the source of his magic? One name, Joe Brady. You know, before the game, and everybody in that stadium, in that huddle, believes that we have a chance to win. And Joe Burrow, he has that moxie, he has that makeup. He makes everybody on that football team better. Joe Brady brought in a tremendous spread offense. It was exactly what Joe Burrow needed. We had all the tools. We had all the athletes in place to run it. After squeezing by Auburn in late October, the Tigers were 8-0 and ranked number one in the country. But their toughest test would come a few weeks later. Number one LSU at number two Alabama. With more than 100,000 people in the stands and a 31-game home win streak on the line for the Crimson Tide. That's why you come to LSU. You know you got to beat Alabama. You know they're a great team. I knew it was going to be a battle. It was Burrow versus Tua, with LSU looking for revenge after a 29-0 shellacking the year before. Alabama got tripped up early by costly turnovers. During the game, there's momentum shifts. You know, with Tua fumbled, that was unlike an Alabama football team. And though Jalen Waddle electrified the crowd, Waddle, he's gone! Their thrills were short-lived. With Burrow moving the Tigers at will. He was unbelievable. He's a Billy Cannon kind of talent. In the backfield with Burrow, he's looking to throw it. The man wide open at the 20. Racing into the end zone. Touchdown, LSU. When they needed points, they were going to get points. They weren't going to be denied. They just had this sense of destiny. LSU would take a 33-13 advantage into the half. We up there at halftime, I knew they was going to come back. You know they was going to fight. Sure enough, the tide bounced back in the second half. Devontae Smith in motion. Knocked it along. Knocked over the corner. There was that point in time where the momentum was shifted back to them. like playing football. I love playing football. Great, I love sports, and I hear you're the best, buddy. There's no crying in baseball. 1037 The Buzz. Play ball. Touchdown, LSU. LSU, 46. Alabama, 41. One of my favorite days uh, in my life. And to come back and to see how happy the people in Louisiana were, to have 3,000 people at the airport, it was just a great day to all us. As LSU's undefeated season continued, Orgeron and his distinct persona became a national fascination. When Orgeron started to take off at LSU, I mean, you could feel it. You could feel it, the pride that people have here. He was a celebrity. Man, I'm proud of him. You know? It just shows what Cajuns could do. Oh, you can't bleed nothing but purple and gold around here. Reporters and cameras flocked to his hometown, La Rose, Louisiana, down on the bayou. Sausage, eggs. Even his mom's secret gumbo recipe was revealed. What are they eating in Alabama? Like grits or corn pone? I don't know. You know, but I mean, we actually have a culture here in Louisiana. Cut off. 
Golden Meadow, Galliano. That's a very mysterious part of the world. There's a little strip of land, and there's water everywhere, and you think, how can people live down there, you know, and these storms come through every year and just smash everything, but they, they love it. Through about five to ten thousand pounds of this. I took my hat to him for sure. Not many people get out of here, I promise you that. For a long time, the Cajun people were cut off, not only from the rest of the state, but from the country. They were French, they were exiled from Canada, uh, some came from Paris. They did have a chip on their shoulder always striving to prove that they were equal or better than anybody else. We gave you know, uh, prideful, hardworking, uh, fun-loving people, love food, love to have fun. I think calling them blue collar is probably a compliment. Their collars weren't blue. You know, they had the old weathered skin on the backs of their necks. Crabbing and shrimping and fishing. I used to trap muskrats. I used to skin about a hundred of them a day. You get 25 cents, then you get 50, 75, a dollar. And the dollar ones were beautiful. It's a sexy culture. I mean, it's about food and fun and drinking too much on Saturday night and going to church early Sunday morning. After dropping out of LSU, Orgeron had finished his playing career at Northwestern State and then earned a reputation as a master recruiter as he climbed the assistant coaching ranks. He had an ability to walk in a home and just charm mama and the boys would follow. In 2009, Sports Illustrated asked me to write a piece about Lane Kiffin. Kiffin was at Tennessee. So I went to Knoxville, and there was Orgeron. And that's that kid who came in my senior year. So I was supposed to talk to him about 20 minutes. He talked to me for three hours, and he shared his whole story, this whole journey. And he talked quite a lot about his issues with substances with alcohol and what he had to overcome. His first head coaching job at Ole Miss ended in failure and he was passed over at USC after a stint as the interim head coach there. He wasn't everybody's choice. I heard from old teammates, you know, who emailed me. You know, he didn't make it at Ole Miss. Why is he coming here? He's a guy who responds to being dismissed. Maybe that's part of his Cajun heritage. He goes from this defeated, d diminished person to the king of the world. Big heart, really, really a good guy. Somebody said something bad about him, we're gonna fight. The entire nation watched the rapid rise of LSU, charmed by the authenticity of their coach, and also fascinated with his unflappable quarterback, who had embraced the pride of the Cajuns, even adding a French twist to his name for senior night. The 2019 winner of the Heisman Memorial Trophy, Joe Burrow, Louisiana State University, congratulations. The first thing I want to say is Coming from, from Southeast Ohio, it's, it's a very, very impoverished area and the, the, the poverty rate is almost two times the national average and 
There's so many people there that, that don't have a lot, and I'm up here for all those kids in Athens County that you know, go home to not a lot of food on the table, hungry after school, and you guys can be up here too. end, LSU had made believers out of everyone in college football. The Tigers blew out Oklahoma in the semifinals of the college football playoff. The Oklahoma game in the second quarter, it was something to watch. Man, those guys were explosive. It was something I've never seen of the coach. I took my headsets off and I said, I'm just going to become a fan and enjoy this. Joe Burrow threw seven touchdown passes in all in the route. And then, in the national title game against Clemson, the LSU offense just kept on rolling, with Burrow throwing for another five TDs. who's got it? Touchdown, LSU! Clemson may have been the defending national champs on a 29-game win streak, but on this night, no one could stop LSU. Burrow's got time. Burrow finished the season with a remarkable 60 touchdown passes, the most ever by a college quarterback. And LSU finished the 2019 season a perfect 15-0 in front of a delirious crowd in the perfect place, New Orleans, Louisiana. As they say in the bayou, let the good times roll. An undervalued quarterback and a journeyman coach had come together for a historically unlikely season and one of the greatest in the entire 150 years of college football. We won the national championship. In the morning, we took the road through San Gabriel. This is a back road to come, come to uh, LSU on the side of the road. There's welders, there's cooks, there's people that work uh, in the gas refiners. They're all on the side of the road cheering. You know, that's the people I grew up with. That was one of my favorite moments, to see them happy. It's never going to be about me. I just, I just don't make it like that. As a literary conceit, nothing works better than redemption in a story. It had to be an unbelievable experience. He's going to take that to his grave. He's going to be remembering that at the very end. Never forget that college football originally began up north on the fields of Ivy League schools. Forever be mindful of how profoundly the landscape has flipped over 150 years of history. Because today, the South, and really the SEC, is every bit the heart of the sport. Football is still our champion. Smarter people than me have referred to it kind of like the old city-states in Greece, you know, you, you know, your boys go out and knock down the other boys and that engenders a pride. You wouldn't have had football the way we know it anywhere in the South if you hadn't had the development of towns like Knoxville, like Tuscaloosa, like Athens. Towns that are not raging metropolises, they're, and they're not even large by Southern standards, let alone by American standards, but they are these railroad whistle stops. A factory town of old, right? Football is the factory, and that's what brings the attention to the town, and that becomes the identity of the town. And because it's in the South, it is, of course, necessarily draped in myth. When you have successful football programs like Florida has had, like Georgia's had, like Alabama's had, you're now going to attract students not just from your own state, from across the country. What? is being built around these towns now, I think speaks to the interest in people wanting to go to school there. That's what they see on TV, and they want to be a part of it. 
You know, it's in these last most recent decades where you see uh, what some historians have called both the Americanization of the South and the Southernization of the United States. And football has been a very large part of that. I've watched you struggle and I've watched you wrestle with them angels, but I watched you grow up and become men. I watched you become men. Listen to the cheer for Billy Cannon as he comes off the field. Great on America. Marketing goes back to the ball. He's looking. He's looking. He's firing deep on the left flank. It's complete. We like to insist on you smiling. I'm the world's champion frowning, so I'll, I'll do the frowning for all of you. He's like a thoroughbred racehorse. Oh, Jackson. He breaks it big. Herschel! Herschel Walker! Do it for this team. Do it for those Gators up in heaven. We're number one. Hip, hip! Hooray! Hip, hip! Hooray! You're the greatest group of guys. We're live when you need us. I think we better split up. Good idea. Yeah, we can do more damage that way. 103.7 The Buzz, KABZ, Little Rock. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. 80, 90,000, how many ever is in the stadium? He'd look up there, you said, man, they ain't a soul up there in that stand that wouldn't want to wear that jersey that you're wearing right now. He said, you better love it. And we loved it. I mean, I still get chill months when I think about it. Every Saturday in the South, from the end of summer through the heart of fall, we're reminded just how much we still need it. I'm not sure passion's a strong enough word to tell you the truth. It's incredible to see a great-grandfather carrying their great-grandson to a game. They can barely walk. Neither one can really walk. We're reminded just how much a game can bring us together, even as it appears to tear us apart. That's what family do. We follow each other. We support each other. It's not just about football. We're reminded how proud it can make us feel, how young it can make us feel, how connected we could be to so many yesterdays. You learn along the way it's not about you. It's about us. I'm a part of that Alabama history. I'm not the history. Been on a team, that's what life is all about. Football didn't begin in the South, and it certainly didn't begin with the Southeastern Conference. But that doesn't mean, all these years later, that it can't feel that way sometimes. People will come up to me, you know, I'll be in a restaurant and they'll see me, and they're kind of looking at you, you know, and they'll walk over on the way out and they're like, I appreciate you, I appreciate you, you know, and thank you. reminds us who we are as powerfully as anything else we have every Saturday in the South and well beyond.